what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 35. Kitty, 35. <laughs> episode 35 of uh, Drinks and Dogs. Again, as usual and as always, it is myself and Katie Matthews here. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, Ray Allen Manufacturing. Uh, they have everything A through Z that you'll need for your dog training needs. I'm sure they got some like, I mean, they got pretty much everything on there, even like treats and stuff. And, you know, they got pretty much everything you possibly need. It's like the online Costco, I guess you would say, for anything you would need for your dog. Um, great gear. Everything's made and manufactured here in the U.S. Uh, you can use the Primal 10 uh, code for your discounts, uh, all caps. Um, but yeah, that is our main and only sponsor right now. So we got on this one real quick, Katie. How are you, sir? How is uh, how's the walking going? I know I checked in briefly on Sunday, which got carried away with the kids stuff. Uh, but how is everything going, man? It's it's going good. Keeping the momentum, you know. Um, for those that don't know, I mean, we film these episodes pretty consistently. So I mean, today is a week from last, you know, episode thirty-four. We talked a lot about health and shared a little some transparency <laughs> you know what right. i got going on so um and as we were talking a little bit before we started rolling you know i was a couple minutes late to get started today because one of the so one of the strategies i'm implementing is I, i'm picking and i'm not done yet making my list but i'm making a list of things that every single day seven days a week every single day gets done no matter what like checklist it's not it's non-negotiable. It, it's it's not a, if you feel like it, it's not a, oh, well, no, I'm a little under the weather today. No, it's everything on this list gets done, period. Um, now, mind, mind you, when, when you're making a list like that or when you're employing a strategy like that, it does, you know, you have to use some some logic, you have to use some intelligence, and you definitely have to keep in mind the, the concept of the reachable rung, meaning don't make that list too freaking long because then you'll fail. And the whole point of this is not to experience failure. Um, so my list is going to be pretty short, but one of the things on it is to walk every day, minimum one mile. I mean, which is nothing, right? Minimum one mile. So, I mean, I was a couple minutes late because I got a stacked schedule today from when I woke up. till when I go to bed and I had finished up um, with a client and I looked at the clock and I'm like, I have like 45 minutes before the show starts. Yeah. This is it. I don't want to walk at midnight. Like I don't like, I want to I like to chill before bed, not exercise before bed. So I, I went out, busted out a quick walk before we sat down and grabbed a shower. And uh, here I am. So um, little things like, I mean, honestly, making the bed. I know that's so cliche. Like you hear that yeah. all the time. Make your listen, folks. It's real because when you wait, when you start the morning, why not start out with something a win? And for me, like I've been lazy. I, I mean, my bed is it's sheet, it's a comforter. Like there ain't much to do, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's like whew, you're done. <laughs> but I wasn't even doing that, man. Like I'd roll out of bed and then go make coffee, and so working on kind of building a functional list of things that I can do every day, things that are within my reach. And um, bit by bit, climbing back on that on that horse, man. I'm actually tonight. I got to make a phone call as soon as we get done with this. Um, game plan is jujitsu tonight. Nice. 
I gotta call somebody see if he's teaching. How long has it been uh, since you've been off the mat? Off the mats? I went one time in June of 2020. Okay. 20, 20, no, 21. I went one time. I don't even consider that. I don't consider going to a class. I don't consider going to an open mat training. Right? Yeah. Like that, that's not training. That's you showed up and participated for a little bit. Training mm -hmm. is like you go two to three times a week. Like that's yeah. training. Um, I mean, I haven't trained since my injury in 2018. Yeah. When I, tore, when I tore my groin. Yeah. Right after getting my purple. Perfect. Which was Perfect. like, I mean, I was on a roll, I, no pun intended, but like I was on one of those up kicks where I had gotten back into things. Um, I did my first IBJJF. I was training like three to four times a week. I was feeling good. I'm like, all right, I'm getting back into this groove. I had gotten my purple, which was, I mean, I was like a 12-year blue belt. Um, <laughs> in injuries in and out. I finally got my purple. I mean, I'm crushing it. Dude, tearing a groin is horrible. <laughs> I mean, no injury is good, right? But like, you don't know how much you use your groin outside of the obvious. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's definitely one of those like uh, injuries that it hurts pretty much with everything from what I've heard and what I've seen. Everything, yeah. everything. Oh, have you ever had? Have you ever in in your physical training and and lifestyle? Have you ever done um, cupping? Yeah, I've only done it two or three times. Uh, for a while there, I, when I was training with um, like Kung Lee, I was training his dogs, and then we were shooting like a we were shooting a pilot show uh, for Discovery. His wife or his ex wife, um, she was really big into physical therapy, so she would basically at that time I was still training a lot in Jiu Jitsu, and I was still um, teaching boxing. This is like when I first started Primal Canine, um, still the only decoy. Just you know, my body was getting banged up pretty bad. Uh, but she did like cupping, uh, that one thing with the, the, the penny, the copper stuff, mm -hmm. uh, like the, or you rub, like rub all that like tissue or the toxins out. Um, there was a couple other, like, you know, Eastern medicine things that she would do as well. Uh, and it worked really well. I mean, you were sore as, you know, shit like the next day or even like after, um, but a lot of that cupping stuff and that coin stuff, um, you know, that stuff helped a lot when it comes to recovery and uh, that stuff was pretty fun for sure. I mean, I know we have a lot of, yeah, right. I, I mean, I know we got a lot of decoys that watch this and, you know, just everyone in general who's dealing with physical strength, physical fitness, or coming back off of a layoff or coming, starting when they've never started before. Um, you know, for those that don't know, cupping is where they literally take a cup, like a glass cup and they put it on your body and it, it creates like a, there's like a suction mechanism to it yeah. and they just, and they leave it on. So you got these cups just sitting on you and it, it, it creates a very, very powerful suction to the point where like, if you've seen someone when they're done, especially on their back, they look like they got raped by an octopus or like <laughs> molested. Like, it's like horrible. There's like these round purple bruise suctions all over their body. Um, I had it done after, so after I tore my groin, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I found physical finding a physical therapist when you are healthy, finding a physical therapist when you are involved in some type of athletic 
And that would apply to our decoys. That would apply to anyone who participates in any type of combat sport. It's really hard to find a doctor or physical therapist that you can actually talk to about what happened. Yeah. They have, they have no clue. And so I found so many physical therapists are used to dealing with either car accident recovery or senior citizens. And it's like, well, no, I was like wrestling with someone and they tried to split my legs apart and I tried to resist. And and, and they're looking at you when you're explaining it like, what? What? What were you what were you doing? And so I had actually found through Instagram a um a guy who was a purple belt locally who was also a PT. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't even I'm not even asking you how much you charge because I don't care. I will pay it out of my that's pocket. A, that's one of the things too. I mean, like if you're using like standard health insurance, I mean things that I've you know learned over the years. Um, you know, now I take my, I take a lot of my, you know, physical well-being, uh, more into thought than I used to, but I mean, like a lot of the stuff that you find is, you know, when you find sports medicine, like for a while, I would always, we'd use, Erin has like this app or whatever that she can find like a physical therapist or like masseuses, uh, that'll come to your house. This is, this became big after the pandemic and we started finding, like, we experimented with a lot of different, uh, ones who were, you know, more sports-based, um, you know, people who can give us, give me like, you know, one, the the physical therapy that I need when it comes to the massage aspect of things recovering or whatever it may be. And then two, uh, to help with, you know, certain movements to kind of repair or enhance, you know, like the shoulders and knees, you know, things that I've had going on with me. Um, the other thing too, you know, when you, cause you brought up like the decoy thing and physical health aspect of things, you know, uh, I have like red lights. I have like a big giant red light therapy thing that I use. Uh, that I stand in front of like 15 minutes a day and then I have one of those and it's really I mean that red light's a little more expensive uh, but then I have like one of those little saunas little portable saunas that your head sticks out of it's like another red uh it's not red light but it's a uh, infrared 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 uh sauna and that you're talking about things to do before you sleep like that thing's you know that thing's awesome I crank it up as much as I can and then I just layer up put the sauna suit on try to get my temperature up as high as I possibly can in there for about 25, 30 minutes. And then, you know, then I get ready for bed after that. But using the combination of that's kind of kept me, it definitely what I'm consistent with it has kept me at the highest level of recovery. And then I'm able to, you know, run my miles, do my weight lifts, or weightlifting, train, you know, jujitsu consistently train uh, dogs as I mean, for the most part, I'm getting, but I'm getting bit by dogs roughly five days a week. Jeez. Oh, um, and then they're, they're my most of them are my dogs, and none of my dogs bites off. So like you know, incorporating all these different things, plus like ice, and you know, Aaron's on top of me pretty much uh, when it comes to like icing and getting things um, put into my schedule that I need to do in order to maintain a very active that active life that I have. And you know, that thing for decoys, you know, if you're in decoy, or even let's, let's say you train jujitsu and you're just tuning into this, you know, the older you get, the more recovery will have to come into mind. You know, even when it comes to supplementation and, you know, just, you know, our general, or thing like Huberman calls it like optimizing. They don't like the word, uh, the, the word supplementation, like optimization of certain mm -hmm. things. You know, even then, like I use a variety of different supplements, you know, that I'm constantly taking on a daily basis to one, enhance what I'm doing, but two, help with recovery because recovery is a big thing. And, you know, health aspects, you know, as you get older, as Katie's you know, was talking about. Uh, become a little more front-minded than they typically do when you're younger just running and gunning and especially like how i live my life it's the same thing well but, uh, you don't there's no pun there's no punishment 
there's when you're younger there's really no punishment for not being recovery minded there's no punishment for not giving a shit let's be yeah. frank. like there, there's there's no consequence for it because you just keep going and everything's fine and it's when all of a sudden you're doing the things you've always done or you're you're neglecting yourself perhaps the way you have in the past but now there's a punishment now there's a very undesirable consequence and that's when you have to change oh you mean punishment can change behavior imagine that oh you mean it's a natural thing that happens in life and helps us become stronger and better and learn oh we're not oh sorry sorry i got distracted there for a minute it's almost like a dog training <laughs> maybe just yeah. maybe but yeah you, now you get punished for it and as we talked about last week was you know i got my i got my spanking and now it's like all right time to change behavior and and you know what's that what's that comparison like in if we were to make that like draw that line or not say draw that line but actually make that conclusion a little more like what dogs you know avoidance corrections when it comes to a dog something that's self-inflicted is something that they typically remember more than something that's not you know yeah. same thing when it comes to like free shaping a behavior they learn or something that they've created their Self -discovery. own discovery yeah same thing with people <laughs> when that punishment is self-inflicted from years of not taking care of yourself mm -hmm. yeah. all right i got a question for you so you mentioned you do the um the infrared sauna do you so when you get out of course you're like you gotta take a shower yeah do you what temperature shower do you take considering that you just exert you just deliberately brought your body temperature up before bedtime which if anybody doesn't know you want to bring your body temperature up before bedtime because then it, it's easier to sleep because your inner your inner whatever your interior temperature drops lower drops because you uh, it's it's almost kind of like counterintuitive because yes you sleep better in the cold so by exposing yourself to heat it actually makes your body try to cool down more so then when you get out of the heat now it's like accelerated and you get cooler faster and you sleep blah 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 blah, blah. so with that in, with that in mind when you get out to take your shower because you're a nasty rank son of a gun from sitting in yep. that sauna suit how, like are what do you do you just take a, then a hot shower after that i typically take like a warmer shower after like listening to like you know andrew huberman and like listening to some things that they're talking about um i haven't done the cold plunge thing in the morning like the first thing that's what you, I guess what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you, if you're mixing the two, um, but I just kind of just take another warm shower and then I don't really go like super hot because at that point, like I don't really, I well, obviously Katie, you know, I sweat like crazy. Yeah. Hot so, showers. You'll come out and you'll still be sweating. Exactly. So like, you know, I don't even want to like hop in a hot shower and the next, you know, like I'm still sweating and it's just uncomfortable. So I usually tend to take like a warm shower. I just don't go into the cold. Cause I've noticed at least for me, if I go hot and then cold, like I'm wide awake and then I'm like, well, you know, now I'm going to be up for that you know, the next purpose. few hours. So defeat the purpose of what my, you know, the cycle is that I try to do, or at least that routine. Have you ever, yeah. um, have you ever cut weight in a bathtub? No, I was, uh, when I was cutting weight, it was the old school, like sauna suit in the, in the sauna or steam room, or you're riding a bike or you're on a treadmill, like none of that, like, you know, like you see a lot of people now, like they're in the, they do, what is it salt, right? It's, it's a, I don't know. I, I just know that I did it one time in my bathtub. Yeah. And... They do like, it's like a salt thing, I guess. Like you, you, you soak yourself in like the salt and then you wrap your body and then you just like, you just drop out like quickly. I've seen a bunch of people do it. I've never done it though. 
Well, I, I mean, maybe that's a more effective way. And I wish I had known it because one time I was traveling and I had a tournament up in new England. I was going to do, I was at my parents' house on vacation. I'm like, screw it. I'm on vacation. Let me go fight. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I I didn't have a sauna anywhere. I didn't know any gyms that had one. So I had heard, I'd heard that that's it. Hadn't seen it done. Didn't ask me. I had heard that you can cut weight in like really hot water. So screw it. I went on, like I did a week long of the um, hyper hydration where like I overhydrated for a couple days, like two gallons a day for like three days to the point where you're just, you're, you're urinating nonstop. Like don't even wear underwear, just like wear a pair of shorts. Cause so you can just, that's one less thing that you got to like peel it out of. <laughs> and cause you're going to be pissing all day. And I did that for three days. And then you start dramatically cutting back the water, but your body's been peeing so much that even though you're cutting back the water, you keep you keep pissing. Yeah. Just so you, you get so now you're creating an imbalance. And then the um the night before the tournament, um I, I my parents had like a really big bathtub. And um I got in there, man. I filled that son of a bitch up with that water that makes your balls singe. You right. know, like hot, hot, hot butthole pucker water. And I put a winter hat on (laughs) and I went down all the way up, like in the water. I went all the way down to my nose. So like the only thing above the water was my nose. And, um, it's a good thing that I'm not too stubborn because it probably would have drowned because I almost passed out. Oh, it's like too relaxed or you're just like the heat. No, like I'm talking wah-wahs. You know the wah-wahs when you're heat yeah. like wah, 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 like everything just starts going in and out, in and out. Yeah, yeah dude. It. I mean, I think I I cut like five pounds, which for just a reckless getting in trying something out is a lot. Yeah, and I wasn't in there long, but man, I started getting dizzy, and I I went to get up. Like I said, it was a it's a deep tub, dude. I almost ate it. Like I got up and that was when the like the real woo and my head was spinning. Yeah. And I went down and luckily I kind of like stumbled and like caught myself on the edge of the tub. And I'm like, there's probably a better way to do this. But like you can just submerge yourself in really hot water and and now mind you, I was I got out and I was still sweating. Like 15 yeah. minutes later, I probably lost another half a pound. And I made weight, which was horrible because you know, like grappling tournaments, like you you weigh Same in day. the day of. So it's like you weigh in in the morning and then it's like you're dumping Pedialyte and bananas and yogurt and like for a couple hours until you get on the mat. So you, you can think, cut uh, in a bathtub. I don't think, uh, well, if that, if that was a strategy back then, I don't think Leo would let me because Leo was the old school thought process that if you cut, like we basically, we'd be cutting in Fairtex like on the, on the mats or like, you know, wearing whatever, I'd be on the bike or on uh, the treadmill and then like I got yelled at one time because I would cut, took all the stuff off, weighed in, and I went to go shower. And Leo was the, the old Brazilian thought process was, you know, the water is going to get back in your system through the shower. So, so then I had it. <laughs> this, so this, you know, 
this is okay. years this is where well, this is way over a decade ago so we were i cut and then i was i was cutting with a old training partner justin holdis um and then we were i went to go shower he's like dude he's like dolphin noise sorry g he's like leo's gonna you know make you run again you know because he, he thinks that the water's gonna reabsorb into your body and i thought he was joking around because you know i'm not the smartest guy but i didn't you know i knew that wasn't something that was gonna happen uh and to go back out he's like leo's like he's like you shower i was like hey he's like get back in there put the sauna suit on and i end up cutting so that weight cut i think i weighed 185 that was a pancreation fight i was i cut like 15 pounds that day I like because I was at 200 because I I like I, I I can't walk around I I literally I'll feel sick to my body I'll fix I'll feel super sick if I weigh anything less than 200 pounds like I'll just feel like super depleted so like I'll walk around that's when I was like pretty lean like a 205 to 200 and then cut 15 pounds to 185 but I used to could do a 30 pound weight cut to 170 and that's when an ultra bobblehead uh, version of myself would uh, appear. But yeah, that those weight cuts. I'm I'm very happy that I don't have to do that. I'm pretty positive everyone around me is uh, very happy that I don't do that uh, as as well because I I become quite the irritable person as if I'm already not irritable. <laughs> Dude, thirty pounds is ridiculous. Yeah, no, that sucked. That was those were brutal times. That's when <laughs> that's when it was like only really no carbs for about you know the whole camp would be no carbs. Uh, coming into camp you know a lot of hydration or coming out of camp a lot of hydration uh no real sugars i would usually only do uh like meats and like some like spinach and kale things of that like that and then for the most part it was just like one or two days of very little eat plain white fish here and there sauna cut and then just murk yourself and that 170.5 get out there and then right out right when i'm done i think i'd weigh the next day, I'd roughly weigh 190, 193, 195, depending on if I decided to ruin my life. Because I always had this thing of like, I, I really like McDonald's. I used to really like McDonald's Big Macs. Mm -hmm. So after every single time I would cut, I would get like a Big Mac. But then my stomach, once I got a little bit older, like say later 20s, I found out that there's repercussions for eating bad food after eating really healthy for a couple months. Mm -hmm. uh, you feel really, like horrible well that and like without describing too much uh too much detail uh going to the restroom uh was very frequent and it wasn't coming out like katie was saying drinking water i mean it was it was liquid but it was out the other the other end uh, and like your stomach's like super irritable and i remember 25 years i was 20 no 26 because i was joking around i was like man i was like after 25 like my stomach started getting messy I was like, but then 26 i mean like you can there's no room for air after that point um, but yeah, that, those are real fun times. And like I said, really glad I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I got My goal right now is, I mean, ideally, it's interesting because we're you're the same height as me, aren't you? How tall are you? Yeah, I'm six foot. Okay, thereabouts. Yeah, I'm 5'11". Yeah. And like right now, I'm 215. And it's not a good 215. Like legit. Like pound for... If, if, if I were pound for pound, I could possibly be competitive at 170 right now pound for pound like yeah i don't belong like if if you were to see him you know well you know how it is and people who train know how it is like competitive grappling someone who is going to weigh in at 215 
they don't look like me. Yeah, they're, they're they look like He-Man totally figures. <laughs> they're like jacked because two fifteen is huge, and it, it, in weight yeah. uh, categorized sports, right? Like those are guys who are like muscled the you know up at in the two yeah. hundreds. So I mean, basically, what I'm saying is I'm fat, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> I was kind of beating around the bush there, I think, a little bit. Like, you know, I, I'm fat. Like, competitively, I should be at 175. I will say this, muscle. though. I will, I will say this just from being around people that cut, you know, like myself, that cut, and like, you know, like just in just in general, like Leopoldo, uh, Aaron, and myself, and another guy, we were talking because right now I'm two, two uh, today I waited at 216, but I was fluctuating between like 216 and 218, 220. And Right now, uh, my current like I'm I'm in relatively good I'm in I'm in really good shape right now, and I was talking to Aaron. I was like, man, I was like I was like we're, I was like I'm leaning out, but I was like I'm leaning out at a heavier weight. And then Leo's like, yeah, he's like because your head's like a hundred pounds. He's like, so you can't even get like he's like you can't even get down to because we were talking about like getting down to lower weights just for some stuff, upcoming stuff that I may have planned. And I was just like, dude, I was like I was like I told the other man I was like been in a consistent diet for a couple months now. I was like working out for a couple months now. I was like eating everything right, not really having any cheat days or days off. And I was like, and I'm still like teeter tottering around 215, uh, relatively late. And I was like, it would be a miracle, like to get down to like, I mean, to one to 170. And like 185, I think would be a push. But like, those are all things like, because I, 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 I think a lot of it too is like either like bone density or, you know, stru like skeletal structure. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guys who like, who I see, like, you know, like you look at them, you're like, oh, you know, there's no way that you're that heavy. But then, like, you know, you see dudes who are skinny and, like, you know, they're kind of, they're skinnier. They're not really, like, super ripped or buff or anything like that. But you know they're in shape. Like, you know that they're, they're toned, they feel strong, they have a good gas tank. And then they're, you know, they're, like, 210, 215, 220. And then, you, you know, then you see guys who look super ripped and, like, lean and all this other stuff. And then they're, like, 190. 185 and they don't feel like the same strength so i think it's a lot of it is just the different styles of strength too i mean you know because i you know some of it the, the physical features like the aesthetic aspect of things doesn't always translate you know sometimes you just get these big burly dudes who are <laughs> oh no just, some of the strongest human beings i know you wouldn't turn your head if you saw them yeah like the, like if you saw them walk by you wouldn't be dang What's his workout routine? Like, you wouldn't say that at all. Actually, the strongest person I've ever met, I think our, like, our biceps, he might have me by half an inch. Yeah. And I'm not big. I'm not, you. I mean, I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm not big. Not bodybuilder big. No, like I'm, and I'm super small boned, you know, plenty of jokes about how small my wrists are and how small my hands are. Um, This, this guy is the strongest and I've, it's always a different perspective when you've been involved in any type of grappling sport. So when someone says this is the strongest person I know, if well, what's your point of reference? Well, you know, I've wrestled with guys, I've wrestled with collegiate wrestlers, division one wrestlers, bodybuilders, guys juiced out of their brains, big, small, like I got a pretty deep sample size. And this person is like chimpanzee strong yet. Yeah. You, there's no muscle mat like there's no it looks like they've never touched a weight in their life but it's that it's that tractor hay bale mixed in with i think some 
less evolved primate stuff. I always tease him. I'm like, dude, you're like, I'm like three evolution scales farther than you. So, I mean, you just learned how to use a fork and <laughs> you're still putting twigs in the hole to get the ants. Uh, it, it's interesting how the different types of muscle tissue, um, how it, how it does work differently to people. And you can see people who are like, you know, really swole, but I can't do anything. There's no strength. Oh, yeah. I mean, going off of like what you're saying, like the strongest, one of the strongest people that I've ever rolled with and it's someone that, you know, I know very well. Um, and by far, I mean, there's like him and like one other guy who are just like, in, just ridiculously strong. But uh, Omar Lima, who is, uh, well, I'm announcing this today. Uh, he is the official, he's going to be the official strength and conditioning coach for uh, Canine Street League. Nice. Um, he's also the the strength and conditioning coach on the Canine University. If you guys aren't on the Canine University, He's actually he actually has courses on there for decoys and for uh, handlers, um, you know, for anchoring and all those other things. But and he's my old strength conditioning coach for uh, when I used to fight. But same thing with Omar, like not like you look at him like oh like you you know he's just you know bald dude he's a little burly like he doesn't have a lot of definition. As long as I've known that dude, never had any definition really. But I mean like the dude was by far one of the strongest like people I've ever rolled with. Like, or, you know, just even been around, like, just insanely strong, functionally strong. But again, like, he doesn't look like, you know, the dudes who, you know, spend hours doing bicep curls or bench pressing. Like, but the dude, <laughs> the, the guy can, like, move giant men relatively easy uh, and, you know, submit them relatively easy. He's a black belt, too, so that doesn't help either <laughs> with that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, Omar Lima, that, that guy for sure is one of the stronger ones, one of the strongest people, like, I've ever had the contact with and you know the looks can be deceiving so you pick a fight with that bald-headed little dude i mean sorry you're, you're gonna be uh hurting for a while <laughs> well there's something to be said too like the minute someone grabs you you, you within like two seconds you, you know a lot you know a lot about them like when you're when you're doing any type of grappling like just by that touch when you both lock up and you just kind of give each other a little you instantly know you're like okay this is what is i'm in for or this is what i'm gonna oh boy and yeah. i can't help but think about dogs and how there's some innate undeniable genetic identities of who you are that are conveyed through touch conveyed through you know like even you know you know some dogs especially when we get into like high-end working dogs right We've all been there where that dog bumped us in in the house or in the, the social gather, or just somewhere where the dog's milling around and the dog absolutely intentionally freaking checked you yeah, and gave yeah. and, and bumped into you to see what would happen. Now, only certain dogs are going to do that. Like there's some dogs that have no desire to, to even get there. But then there are those dogs who they want to know. They want to <laughs> see what's up. And they want to feel it. And you can feel it in return if you know what you're looking for. And there's something to be said about who who we are as an animal and our identity of our, our physical strength and also our horm you know, our home blah, 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 hormonal identity. You know, like why do dogs always stick their nose up each other's butts and smell each other's poop? Well, it's the easiest way for them to get odor that 
you know, either that or they would stick their nose up each other's mouth, but like to get to, to smell the blood, to smell like the identity, to get everything they can of who are you, you know, that's, that's what they get a lot of that through the poop because the poop spends a lot of time up against a really thin membrane. And on the other side is blood. You know, there's a lot happening there. There's a lot of who you are in your odor and a lot of your identity in your odor and in your touch. Now we as humans, I don't think, you know, we're consciously in tune to the odor part. Um, outside of, I mean, I'm sure we've all heard about like just the back in the day, it used to be in like bodybuilding magazines in the back of it where all the ads were, you'd see like some type of hormonal cologne where if you were, <laughs> you were irresistible. Oh, I'm like, oh, that would be dangerous. I'm like, I get enough problems. I'm irresistible enough. I don't need to okay. wear some of that cologne. But Is that Sex Panther, 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? You know, the dogs know what's up. Oh, my gosh. Elmo pissed on Luna today. Uh-oh. Like, he lifted his leg on her. That kind of yeah. threw my day <laughs> off a little bit because I had to give her a bath. Like, she's out there taking a leak. It was the first, it was first one of the day. Uh, I let them both out because, like, they co-mingle now. Like, I kept them apart for a long time, and now they yeah. now they co-mingle a lot. Um, it's hilarious watching the two of them. And she goes over and pops a squat, and I wasn't paying it. He's done this before. And so I, yell, I have to yell at him, like, tell him to stop. And then he, like, he gets that look. I can tell he's getting ready to, and then he'll look over at me, and I'm like, uh -uh, and then he keeps it moving. Well, I wasn't paying attention. I was actually, like, doing some push-ups on my patio. And I lift my head up. And I see him sniffing as she's peeing. He takes one step forward. And you know, like that half a step forward, that leg comes up. And he, I'm like, ah. and he did, he just kind of like, he pinched it after he soaked her back end. And I'm oh. like, dude, you just marked her. And now she's covered in like fresh morning musk dog, male dog. <laughs> the stinkiest kind. The stinky, like if people don't know, like dog, male dog urine can smell differently based on what why they're going to the bathroom like they can actually like crank up the juice and he he acts so tough and like oh last night she punked the snot out of him now she is a much more dominant dog than he I is say she seems more from at least she, from my experience with her seeing her and then from what you've described to me she seems to me a little more of that like a little more spicy oh she yeah she's very spicy he's just marshmallow like hey, yeah. hey. he's elmo that's why i named him elmo like he is elmo the character um and like when they play she she is very intense and with any other dog like you could tell it could kick off into a fight like so easily i don't worry about it at all his ability to diffuse and like make it jovial make it yeah. fun he had he's just he's amazing at that with her well last night she was on the dog bed in the living room and she got comfortable uh, and and he walks over like he always he's just goofy he's always in a good mood and he walks over to her and gives her a little sniff gives her a little lick well then he starts to encroach like more into the space and i saw her just kind of lean back and and then like freeze and i'm like i'm saying my buddy was, was at my house i'm like dude check this out check, don't, don't don't say anything something's about to pop off <laughs> and, and, she, and it wasn't bad you know like i wasn't setting them up for you know anything dangerous but like all of a sudden out of nowhere grrr, you hear like the little light girly gurgle she gives yeah. him and then for like the next 20 minutes he wouldn't even go near that side of the room um 
And my buddy's like, dude, they play together all the time. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. She's comfortable. That's her bed. Yeah. And and dogs, it goes to show like, like how much dog space freaking matters. Well, same thing space with people. matters yeah. more than food sometimes <laughs> to many dogs. I know we kind of got off on a tangent there, but I guess it's a dog show. Yeah, might as well include some dogs into the a podcast. little bit, a little bit of dog stuff, but it seemed relevant with hormones and excretion. And then, hey, yeah, that's right. Elmo peed on Luna this morning, dude. That was wild. Um, I don't know, but well, I think like that's. I mean, I think like we talk about let's talk about the dog stuff. I mean, I have. I have eight dogs. Uh, I have, yeah, I currently have eight dogs. So, see, I have Cerberus, Bibbs, Ozzy, Felix, Zando, Lucy, Zilla, Bobby. Yeah, so I have eight. Uh, six of those are intact, uh, male and female. So I mean, there's a there's a variety of different um, you know, different different uh, personalities per se, right? You know, there's the dogs who are like Ozzy, who is, you know, he's very spatial. He's very possessive, you know, especially with his people. Um, you know, he, you know, he's the atypical dominant, you know, alpha male, you know, big, strong dog. Uh, and then it's funny because you have like Felix, who is the giant bicolored one that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, you know, big, strong, just but it sounds similar to Elmo, just kind of just goofy. Like, just like always happy, always ecstatic, just very playful. You know, when he does his, like, when he does his, like, bite work stuff, like, when he, because we have him on legs, which I greatly regret because he's just destroying my freaking legs. Um, but, you know, he's, you tell he bites and it's a genetic quality. Like, I, like, for me, like, you talked about it, like, when you, you, you can see it, sense like certain genetic qualities in dogs, like, like, what the dogs bite me, like, I can feel it. Like, I'm like, I can probably about eight, I'll say, I'll give myself 80%. I can see what the genetic lineage is. Like, you know, where like, oh, I can feel the way that their mouth shifts, how they how they grip, where they grip, how they pull, how they push, you know, their sensitivities when it comes to spatial pressure, fit, like, you know, different things. And all my dogs are, they all share some lineage. Mostly it's all Peggy stuff. Um, and it's funny because, you know, they all are very similar in the sense when it comes to some genetic qualities, but they're all individually different when it comes to personality uh, and what they, you know, what they like, what they don't like. Like Lucy, for example, who is Ozzy's sister, we talked about, it kind of sounds similar to Luna, where like her thing is she can keep it, she doesn't really care about food, doesn't really care about toys, but spatial or space is what she cares about the most. And, you know, particularly her crate or a bed, she can be kind of similar to how Luna is. Whereas like Felix is just like, I don't care, everything's great. You know, <laughs> like it, it, it's pretty much fine. You know, Ozzy's like everyone's off limits. Cerberus doesn't give it, you know, Cerberus is old and retired now, so he doesn't really care too much. Zilla is very similar in the sense where, you know, he has, you know, his spatial issues and he also has, uh, he's possessive over specific toys, you know, certain things, but it's always really interesting when it comes to when learning like the genetic aspect of things, you know, they're, they're all very similar, but also their individual personalities and, you know, how things shift when a, you know, a female goes into heat. You know, a lot of people were always like asking me, like, how do you deal with like some of the females you have when they were in heat and doing these things? But, like, for the most part, you know, most of my males, at least what I'm around, like, don't have like an issue like they'll be a little like the girls for the most part have a little more of the issue like they're more spinning it out they're a little bit more attitude but like at least when i'm around like the boys don't push don't push buttons you know they won't mess up they won't mess around well bobby uh, the little american bully we have you know he's he's learning that you don't push buttons around here because he's he's still you know he's still a puppy he's only a little over a year um but for the most part they don't really we don't have those too many of those issues which is one of the things i was actually kind of worried about 
when it came to like the high, like how they, you know, ranked themselves a little bit and what they were going to be, what they were going to do when it came to females being in heat. But yeah, other than, other than, you know, those, those little like specific things that they have when it comes to their little personality traits and what they find, you know, to be something that they can react to. I don't really see too much of an issue when it comes to, you know, the, the higher value stuff, which would be a female in heat. Right. So it's, I always find that really interesting. Uh, but or like you know if one of my guys come in or like you know they're taking the dogs out then they start acting like more of like you know kind of dickheads now do you handle all the dogs are you are you wait are you able like like let's say ozzy for example i don't touch him yeah that's 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 where i was going with that (laughs) i don't we we've gone i would say the pandemic changed everything for like mine and his relationship um before like Aaron got really when Aaron got really sick right right before the pandemic I was I can take him out you know and he's fine like I just kind of steered clear of it just because of the goals that Aaron and I have for him mm-hmm. um like he can go out you know like he'd be fine but after the pandemic when we did so much like we were working well, I was working him every day uh a lot of pressure a lot of civil things you know muzzle work hidden sleeve work passive civil work passive tacking him on to hidden work like at that point, me and him have we have an understanding. Like okay, like we're we're at an impasse now, <laughs> now because he's kicked my ass for so long, and he's a pushy dog. So I don't touch him, I don't handle him. But the rest of the dogs, uh, it's easy. Just because I've I've learned, uh, you know, each dog I kind of tra- train or treat a little bit differently, uh, just as you know, kind of my own little experiment or you know, art piece or whatever you want to call it. But with Ozzy, you know, we kind of we just we kind of push the we push the limitations there <laughs> yeah uh, of everything and you know i we decided we weren't going to do that with any more of our dogs uh just because of i you know i can't really handle Aussie logistics it becomes yeah. impractical yeah especially with a dog that powerful man i mean that dude can I mean, that dude's popped kevlar sleeves he put he put a hole through a kevlar sleeve through a neo and into my arm um you know busted like basically my my decoy armor uh from ray allen you know he went through a, a training weight suit a leather a neo into my arm uh you know the dogs got pressure for days so just the besides the logistical aspect of things you know some dogs you can you can risk like oh if i get bit by them i'll be you know it's gonna suck but it's not gonna be like life altering or you know i'm gonna be laid up but like him he's a dog that like oh he decides to flip the switch and we go into he's going to bite me uh yeah that's going to be a, a life-altering bite that would that would not be good and i you know i basically taught him not to out to me and so when i say out or lows or whatever the thing is he just counters harder so yeah kind of uh created my own issue there but yeah one. i was gonna say i think it's good that you keep it at one dog in the household that you have <laughs> that type of situation with i mean this is under your roof there's some practicality here that we have yep. to take into consideration <laughs> wow now yeah. the other guys like can they do your dogs operate as a pack like can do you have like small packs within there that you can you know go out play ball with or air them out or how does that work so I can take out all of them besides Ozzy, you know, like what I was saying. Yeah. Um, and then they're all, they, you know, they won't mess around with me. Occasionally there's like, you know, Zillow's a dick and he'll, you know, he'll test certain things. But for the most part, like, you know, if I just tell them no, um, they'll all stop and they can all go out and do their thing. 
Um, but that's something that only I can do. Uh, and I have to be like vigilant, you know, very vigilant of what's going on and making sure that, you know, everyone's cool. But for the most part, I can take, you know, like the deck that uh, we have up there, mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I'll take them all out there and, you know, with one ball and a chuck it and just have them run and they'll chill out and do that thing. They'll just go out there um, and have a good time. But there's certain times too, if I'm in a rush and I, if I know that I'm like, I'm going to be like hypervigilant or like, I got to be like on my phone with a call or something going on that I'll break them up into safer packs, which is typically two, um, two different packs. Um, or I'll just like exclude like Bobby or Zilla from the, the, the issue because those two seem to be the ones. So it's Bobby because he's just a young American stubborn bully and Zilla because he, he can be a little bit of a prick. Uh, with the other males and he's more like a sissy like they'll, they'll call his bluff and he'll just like oh no just kidding <laughs> type of a thing but he'll push it to the point where when they call his bluff it's with teeth um so i have to be vigilant with it but i can i can take them all out and everyone's pretty good that's i think it's interesting that you you very clearly and deliberately mentioned that like i can do this yeah with them and, and you know a lot of people don't understand like these dogs know who's who and we were talking earlier about identity like who you are and yeah you can get a couple dogs that with this person in the yard they will tolerate each other they will be yeah. maybe throw a little side eye but you know that's it but you put a different human being in there and they'll be like oh that our boss isn't here dad isn't around and then the FU start flying and it's like, you just change the, the caretaker, you change the person who's there and it changes everything. Just, I mean, it's no different than kids in a classroom, you know, with one teacher, they might behave one way. I mean, I'm just saying that I learned this from over a decade in public education where there were kids who were absolute monsters in other classrooms. They'd get sent to my room and they were angels. And it wasn't because I did anything to them. Yeah. You didn't punish them more than someone else or whatever. I'm not that person over there. I'm different. I have different boundaries. I enforce my boundaries differently. Maybe I, maybe just the fact that I enforce them. Um, and like the kids would behave completely different. And yes, I did just use children to make an analogy for people are like, did he just compare? Yeah. They're all animals. And so are we. Um, <laughs> we're all social creatures that live in social groupings and understand the constructs of social hierarchies. So it's, it's, it, I just find it interesting and noteworthy that you, you, how you brought that up. If I'm here, it's this way, but, but meanwhile, it doesn't matter because it's not going to be with Ozzy anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's a good point, you know, like, and I, 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 I talked to this to like, you know, my clients too, right. You know, because it all transcends a little bit, you know, because it, some of it, a lot of times when people would hear that word, like, you know, stating like when I'm here, I'm doing this, or especially the way that I talk and the way that I look, everyone thinks it's like, oh, it's because like you said, you know, when it comes to the kids, like, it doesn't mean that you're like mean or you're, you know, you're being you tough know, guy, tough guy or no, not or at like, all. Or like what people, you know, the common phrase that, you know, it's overly used in the dog world or it used to be for a while, alpha, you know, in that sense, you know, like it's just the, I, I believe it's a specific when it comes to presence and just the natural communication that you have with animals. One, and another thing too, is I've been doing this for a long long time so there's things that are ingrained in me just from you know behavioral repetition and doing the same things over and learning to work around a large amount of dogs and you know being in front of dogs that will attack you that aren't trained to attack you they're doing it because you know the owners have done whatever or it's a behavioral case mm -hmm. so there's a specific level of conscious presence and things that all kind of go into that 
Um, and those are certain things that we teach, like, you know, you know, especially in the hierarchy in the household, because typically there's good cop and bad, a bit bad cop in every household. You know, you see it all the time when, you know, typically the enforcer in the relationship is walking the dog and then, you know, the good cop is behind them or the side of them. The dog's looking over at the, you know, the other person like, hey, uh, can you take the leash? Because I, I typically have more fun <laughs> with you. And that's typically because, you know, that one's a little more higher pitched and, you know, a little more cuddly and not necessarily, you know, enforcing specific behavioral things or holding the dog accountable for certain things. And you can, you can see the disparity in between the two relationships. So, you know, when we talk to people, it's like, okay, like if you want your relationship to be like how it is with the other person, you have to kind of exhibit certain things. And if you want to like keep your relationship the way it is, then don't expect the, the results that this person is getting because you're not doing this. You're not doing the same as that person. Right. So like you said, it's like dogs have their own, you know, just like kids have their own relationships with their teachers and whatnot. Dogs have their own relationships with the individual people that come into their, their lives. You know, some are more cuddly with some. They're going to be a little more attentive to. They're going to be a little more respectful to. Some they're going to have no respect for, no respect for, and walk all over. But it is pretty interesting on in how that dynamic works uh, when it comes to just that social environment or that social relationship. Absolutely, I I've noticed the. I always find it cool to see how how dogs respond differently to, you know, just to kind of go with the the way you're explaining. You know, like good cop, bad cop, right? So you have the strong leader, the strong, consistent, emotionally under control person. And then you have the hyper affectionate, emotionally all over the place, more cuddly, uh, definitely weaker person. And how some dogs will gravitate towards the weaker person because they feel they feel empowered. Like they have like almost this power quest. And that doesn't make them like a top dog. It doesn't, I'm not saying it's because they're like an alpha dog or whatever. You know, typically the stronger dogs enjoy being around the stronger person. There's like this weird, like a parabola, or I think that's what it's called, a parabola, right? You know, you got the the, the outside spectrum and then you got like the bulk in the middle. Um, but like, I find dogs who sometimes really weak ones who really don't want to be in control, they're just weak dog. Well, they actually do better and feel better with the stronger person because it's like, ah, oh, you complete me. Like, oh, you'll take care of me. You'll protect me. And, you know, and when I say they'll, they'll be drawn to, it's like if you put both people in the field and they each called the dog, which one is the dog going to go to? And, but then you have dogs who are kind of like bullies, meaning they act tough, but they're really not tough. Yep. I find those dogs sometimes they're pushed away by the strong person because that person kind of calls their bluff. That person kind of checks them and then they're like, Hey, you're not that strong, dude. Stop being a jerk. Those yep. dogs will then gravitate towards the weaker person where they can, because let's say it's like a dog with low self-esteem, right? Like he goes to the weaker person so that he can feel special because he knows he can be in control there. He knows he's going to be, feel empowered. Um, and I mean, I could go on and on with that, but it's it's really fun watching. You can learn a lot by a dog of about a dog by watching who he chooses in a household like that. Yeah, like is he if they, if there is a strong person in the home and then you have a weaker person, who is the dog choosing? Because that'll tell you, like some like the dogs who are dicks, I find they choose the weaker person because they're a dick. Yeah, 
and they like they want it they're, they're be, they want to be in a bully but like the dog that's like more stable more smooth it's going to choose the stronger person either because a they respect that person and they identify with them not literally before someone's like oh you're anthropomorphizing the dog can't identify shut up you know what i mean um yeah. or that's a really weak dog yeah like, like elmo for example i brought elmo around the og and it's completely different freaking dog <laughs> like within seconds. you told me about that story yeah yeah like within seconds and then he took the dog out ran him through a shed over top of tools and had the dog doing obstacles and then like walks back hands me the leash and says dog just needs a stronger handler hey what's for breakfast everybody and i was like oh, <laughs> yeah, screw you dude like oh man <laughs> but i don't know fun stuff cool stuff it. it's cool like i'm glad we got Get into that because like once you open the door to like talking about that type of stuff, man, we'll be here for another two hours. I just think that's cool, and I I wish more people would reflect upon that type of stuff and with dogs and stop trying to cookie cutter this stuff. Stop trying to like put every dog into a box and label it this way and label it that way. It's like no, man. Like this, it's so fluid. It's so organic. These dogs have such different personalities and temperaments, and you know what? Like you just got to look at that dog in front of you and let him tell you who he is and then listen and then, and then go from there. And you know, you don't get that through anything other than just being around dogs and looking to see what they're in listening, listening. That's probably the better way. Just listen to the damn dog. They'll tell you who they are. If you're listening. Absolutely. It's funny enough. And I'll I'll say this before we wrap everything up. That's going a little bit later here. Um, I was on a podcast yesterday uh, in the UK, um, and like they're interviewing and we were talking about like, you know, dog training and, you know, what what's not to say what separates us, but what are the, what are the things that makes Primal Canine unique in, in the dog training world or at least like where we're at. And like the big thing, like you said too, it's like, we look at the dog that's in front of us and we tailor our, we tailor basically the training, you know, the balance from a training based on the individual dog. We don't really follow systems. And Katie, you and I have talked about this before. You know, when, you know, new dog trainers, they go to these courses, they learn these brand new things or things that they think they're brand new things. And then, then it's gospel and it's the dog doesn't fit into the box and the dog doesn't, you know, that's a bad dog. And there's no adaptation. There's no tailoring. There's no understanding that, hey, they just require specific things, just like you talked about, like, you know, like the OG throwing a shot at you, like, you know, just requires this, you know, type of a thing. Yeah. So it's it is really important to sit there, especially as, as a dog trainer to one you know, examine the dog's behavior, see what they're doing, look at their relationship, look at the dichotomy of their relationship that they have with, you know, the handler, the 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 two handlers, three handlers, whoever whoever's there, the relationship they have with you, how they perceive you, all those other things, right? And then, you know, adapt from there and use a balanced approach to it in order to create, you know, the program that best fits that dog versus, you know, finding the system that you really like for your individual dog. And the reason why it works for your individual dog is maybe it applies to your personality, your dog's personality, and it all fits together. But it doesn't mean it's going to apply to the dog that's in front of you and the relationship that the handler has with that dog as well versus trying to, you know, put it that way. But, you know, that tailoring and I think a lot of it is just having I don't know if I'm using the right term here, but like that self introspective, like where you, you have to analyze yourself too. like you kind of have to look, get a little more introspective and, and be like, OK, maybe I have to change certain things that I'm approaching this with in order to communicate better to the team that's in front of me. Right. So, I mean, that's a a lot of things that we have to look at when you're, when you're talking about being a dog trainer, professional dog trainer, because it is much more, like we've always say, you know, it is much more than just working with that individual dog. It's about working with everyone around you. Well said, sir. Well said. Well, thank you. (laughs) 
Awesome, man. Well, before we wrap it up, brother, any any uh, last comments, last things, anything you want to share? Or uh... no, we're good. People need to, guys. You know, this stuff is posted on Facebook. It's on YouTube. It's on you know. I, I know all of our channels are sharing in our stories, um, the snippets and the clips and the cuts. You know, give this stuff a share. Give it a comment. If you you know, it doesn't matter what the comment is. Just like let us know what you think. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, I mean, clearly we don't care like we just have fun on here we we catch up with one another and we share it with you guys but if you have stuff you want to hear us specifically talk about um throw it in a comment on Instagram, on the youtube channel like let us know we'll you know we'll either say yeah no we're not going to talk about that or we'll we'll throw it at the wall and we'll see what sticks it's important like we want to hear what you have to say absolutely and you know kind of you know piggybacking off of what kitty said you know, if you have questions, ask questions in the comments. We'll either respond to you on there, uh, on whatever platform we're using, or, you know, we'll bring it up in the show or we'll do both. Typically, we'll probably do both because that's kind of how Katie is in my mind works and we'll kind of get stuck in the next, you know, we'll have a tangent on it. Um, so, yeah, share with your friends, subscribe, like, follow, do all the things uh, that you can do. We definitely have some stuff, more fun conversations in store for you guys. Uh, but, yeah, this is episode 35 right so the wrap episode 35 36 is on the way next week i believe uh and like katie said we we film these things pretty consistently we constantly pump things out for you guys um so yeah i hope you're enjoying again make sure you share comment like with your friends um but yeah brother good talking to you as always adios later, guys